0: All right, welcome. How are we doing? Awesome. Well, welcome to Kensington. I want to invite you guys to go ahead and stand. We're going to start off today having a little fun. We're going to stretch out and we're going to sing, all right? All right, come on, guys. I want to hear you sing now. Here we go. Every chain will break his broken hearts declare his praise. For who could stop the Lord Almighty? Come on! Because our God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power in fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb It's every knee will bow before him yeah! So open up the gates So open up the gates Make way before the king Comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the law? Long- Stop the Lord.
1: How are you guys doing? You guys can have a seat? You sound great, man. How's everybody's weekend going so far? Good. I love that song. I love so I am if you haven't noticed, I'm kind of an emotional, over-the-top kind of guy anyhow. But I love when we're able to open up like that and be reminded of the Lord Almighty that nothing can stop God. Just wherever you are today, imagine for you if that was true. You're like, if God's on my side, all things are possible. I just I love what's going on at this place. Everything that's happening here from our kids ministry to our adult ministries to small groups and one incredible ministry you want to highlight is Kalea. H- how many of you remember the performance that we just had back in december we had the kids and our school partner wasn't that awesome man it was killer And so Kaleo is launching again, we always do it in in two semesters, so like kind of our fall and winter. And uh, we just want to let you know, you can still sign up. They begin on Monday. Uh, My son Noah is in it, and he loves it, man. And it's it's a great way that we get a partner again with our school partner at Pontiac Schools. Uh, And I want to tell you this, too. Maybe you had a child or a grandkid that was in Kaleo, they graduated out. We want to open it up. We've got a lot of our our, our kids that are school partner that some can't afford it. So if you want to go to Starting Point and sponsor a child, you can do that, okay? If you say, man, I'd be willing to do that, I'd sponsor a kid. We have some kids that can't afford it, but maybe my family and I would do that. You can totally do that. So I want to throw that out there. Kaleo is beginning this week. And uh, if you've got kids and you think they might like it, try it out. Seriously. Or maybe you're sitting here and saying, I would sponsor a kid. I would do that. And either way, go to starting point when you leave here. So we've got a lot of things coming up. And uh, small groups. How many of you have been in a small group or you're going to be in a small group? Has it been pretty good for you so far? You've enjoyed it and liked it? Yeah. Look at this one big time here. So Uh, Small groups, they really are great. We say that coming in rows is amazing. Like, what do you mean by rows? You're in rows right now, and we get to talk. We get to sing. We get to participate to an extent. But when we can take it from rows to circles, things become so much closer. They become so much better. And we really believe, when we say a family on mission around here, one way that we do that is we got to get together around somebody's table or around their couches. And we do that through small groups. So if you've never signed up for a small group, we've got them launching this week and next week. You can, again, go to starting point, you can go ahead and uh, get online, and we'd love, seriously, for you to be part of that. And for you, it might be kind of a nervous next step, but I'm telling you, I promise you, it could be really one of your best next steps to take. So uh, in those two is Alpha. Uh, Alpha is just an incredible course that we offer here. Uh, that you're able to really just ask questions about your faith. Ask questions like, is the Bible real? Uh, what about this creation account thing? What, about, what, what does scripture say about this? Did Jesus really say that? And just all sorts of different things you can press into. So uh, another thing we have happening too is for how many of you are involved in our K-Kids ministry? Raise your hands. You help out. Well, there's a thing called Refuel, and uh, it's going to be at the end of the month, uh, and it's an opportunity for K-Kids Ministries across all of our campuses to come together, and really the way the Refuel is with food, dessert, <laughs> stuff like that, which is always great, uh, but really vision, kind of saying, here's some celebration marks, here's what we've done, uh, and here's kind of what's coming up, so it's kind of a great thing, but hey, before we get ready to invite you guys to stand up and say hi, how many went to leadership gathering? Were you part of that? You did? Was that incredible or what? Man, I was like... Four of us thought it was great. Come on. It was, it was killer, man. And we've got some different picks from there. It was just unbelievable, man. It really was Dave Dummett from 240. That's our guy Hayden right there, by the way, our own worship leader. It was so powerful, a chance to be refueled. And just, I, I just, we were on cloud nine, man. We loved it. So, well, do me a favor before we press in the rest of our day. I'd love if you would just stand up and say hi to somebody. Say hello, give him a high five, give them a hug.
0: We get started here. Up in the trees, I see far and near birds and bees in the wild yeah The Sky up above, the green grass below. Wild creatures they put on a show. Wild and free.
2: I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. I watch television shows. I read self-help books. How to be beautiful at every age. How to feel great. How to be a healthier you. All the newest, bestest, greatest ways to care for yourself. Hide your hips. Hide your wrinkles. Hide yourself. How to heal yourself. Free yourself, love yourself. How to lose 10 pounds in two months. How to lose 10 pounds in two weeks. How to lose 10 pounds in two hours. How to curb your cravings. How to tell good carbs from bad carbs. How to eat chocolate and still lose weight. That's what I want to know. How, I have figured out how to have fuller lips... The best eyes, the best lips, the best surgery, the best life, all because I have the best lip gloss. <laughs> Will it ever not matter that I am too fat or too skinny, that I have? Wrinkles, laugh lines, crow's feet, a furrowed brow, age spots, wide hips. I mean, how do I get the body of a 20-something when I am, in fact, a 50-something? Doesn't that sound ridiculous? I mean, how how do I get that body without liposuction, uh, spanks, eye work, lip work, cheek work, any work at all? I... Why can't my body just sag? Shrink if that's what my body wants to do. Why can't my fat pants just be my regular pants? Will you ever see you as enough? Quite enough, without all this, is that possible? I mean, when will I ever have to not work so hard to be something that that I can't be, that I won't be, that I try so hard to be, just to have you like me, love me, see me? Well, it didn't get me the man. It didn't get me the job. It didn't make me happy. It didn't give me self-esteem, self-worth, self-anything. It uh, it didn't get me what I wanted, what I needed. It didn't get me more love, more hope, uh, more attention, more more more. When will you see me, me as enough? Will I ever hear you say that I am enough? Will I ever hear me say that? Why can't a 50-something just look like a 50-something? I mean, why can't my body just sag, shrink, if that's what my body wants to do? Why can't I do that? Why can't my body... Thank you.
3: Oh,
1: powerful what we just experienced and witnessed together and when i stopped and i listened to the words will i ever be enough for you will i ever be enough for you even when our character when she said will I ever be enough it's really speaking to the pluralistic to our society will I ever be enough as we've talked about even week one approval will I ever be enough Will my body be enough? Will my looks be enough? Will I fit in? But it speaks to something even deeper that we're going to talk about today. It speaks right into the soul. She looks into the mirror. Have you ever looked into the mirror and you said, will I ever be enough? Am I enough? Are you good enough? Are you handsome enough? Are you pretty enough? Are you wealthy enough? Are you enough? Enough. Are you enough? There's something so significant about this day today what we talk about because everybody in here at some vantage point is struggling with asking that same question. Will you ever be enough? Enough as a father, enough as a mother, enough as a husband, enough as a student, enough as a spouse, enough as a son, enough as a daughter, enough to the point where really you get fed up enough is enough. Will I be enough? And see, we've been saying this phrase throughout our series, our cravings, the craving to be enough, the craving for others to approve of the way we look. Today we're going to talk about body image. Our cravings will drive us, and they'll determine the quality and the direction of our life. They really will. Before we even press in any further, I just want to stop and pray because I'm convinced, deep in my heart, I'm convinced of this, that many of us walked in here today, and we don't feel enough. You wouldn't say it out loud. You wouldn't raise your hand and admit to it. You wouldn't maybe do any of that. But for months and years and maybe most of your adult life, and for some of our students, most of their high school and middle school careers, maybe even younger when they were young, they feel like they weren't enough. And so we're going to ask God today to really meet us in this room, to meet us in this place. As we journey through just a bunch of average, regular, broken people, Me leading the way today, being broken and busted, saying, God, am I enough? God, we ask you to meet us here. We just want to take a moment and really invite you, who I'm convinced the God of the universe that loves us, that is the only one with the power to speak in true identity into who we are. God, remind us somehow today as we take this journey, are we enough? That question, God, can you answer it for us so we don't have to leave this place being uncertain and doubting and living a life in deficit anymore? In your name, Jesus. Amen. I, uh, I brought some things up with me on stage today because as we talk and we journey through this together, we're asking that question, am I enough? Because really we're looking at kind of the culture that we're immersed in tells us the opposite at times often that we 're not enough there 's different statistics when we look around uh, that do you know that one out of five men, two out of five women would trade five years of their life they would give five years of their life right if they could achieve their weight loss goals let well, 's stop and think about that my, my four year old uh, who turned four today by the way isaac he 's so excited i can 't imagine exchanging four, let alone five of those years. To meet a weight loss goal or something, you know I, I, we look at our diet industry and our fitness industries. do you know that the diet industry alone, meal plans, things like that make up sixty six billion sixty six billion dollars in our total like annual revenues in America, the gross domestic product that there's forty one point six million fitness memberships around in America today. Did you know that? And probably only like 20% of the people use them. That's how Planet Fitness, right, makes so much money. That <laughs> $10 a month thing. Uh, that's how it goes. Listen to some of these, though. They get a little more staggering. Do you know that young girls today, when polled, young girls are more afraid of being overweight versus, listen to this, nuclear war, cancer, losing their parents. 80% of 10-year-olds have tried dieting. Just let that settle in. I stop and think about some different thoughts when i watched her character that when she was looking in the mirror there's almost this angst like she was angry to see herself she was dissatisfied with the way she looked crying out will i be enough can i be enough I, some of you in here when poll two people say they don't want to see a picture of themselves they don't want to be caught on video they don't they don't want that they really don't even in a, like a selfie generation where it's posting selfies all the time if they're trying to get a reflection of who they want to be or who they hope you think they are to look a certain way but really they're carrying this deficit around stop and even look at these characters. I have a ton of these in my house uh, because I have all boys, but this guy's got like muscles built on top of muscles. He's Captain America, right? He's just like the impossible figure to ever have. It's like, man, he's Captain America. He'll be okay. So I have to to worry here. Barbie, who looks like she needs her hair done a little bit here. Uh, Barbie, which just isn't mine, by the way, (laughs) but this Barbie I'm serious, this ain't mine. Mattel, when they came out, was one of the first commercials to advertise and target specifically little girls. And they were specifically targeting like, buy this Barbie, look like Barbie, you know. And also, I grew up with all sisters, so man, we had Barbies all over the house. But listen to this. Barbie stats. If Barbie were alive, if she could—remember that movie Weird Science? Remember when they took the doll and they made it into, like, a real person— you guys remember that movie with me, but anyhow, if she could come alive today, she would be. Listen to this: six foot one, a hundred pounds. Her measurements would be thirty nine, eighteen, thirty four. Does that even sound realistic? Sounds unhealthy. Don't worry, Captain America's going to catch her. So, uh, these things are crazy in our society. What we're immersed in. Time magazine said that maybe. 7%, maybe 7% of people in America might even come close to that standard. It's like this impossible, unreachable standard. Dove, who makes great products and everything, I'm not slamming Dove, but Dove recently has been doing this campaign where they've really been reimagining themselves, and they've got these great commercials and stuff, but do you know why they've really been working so hard over the past couple of years? Because a few years further back than that, they took their models who were already beyond skinny and extra skinny and stuff and they airbrushed them and they got caught doing it. Put them over billboards and they airbrushed somebody caught like looked like the model's arm was half gone and her thigh was missing and they got caught and they admitted to it. There was an outrage and an outcry, but this is what's being pressed on top of us. Like magazines and things like that. Like stop and just think about when you're in the grocery store, when you're at Kroger, you're at Meyer, you're wherever, right? And you're getting things in, and these things are lined up right by the checkout counter. Uh, this one right here with men's health uh he's a pretty good looking guy I gotta admit but but it's like get back in shape a brand new body in in twenty eight days y- you can't get a brand new body in two hundred and eighty days if you're at it and you're working hard at it and it's like belly arms chest, you know three hundred and twelve ways to crush your year it's just like these it's painting a picture that doesn't make sense, insanely hot sex it's like it just catches us, you know, and it's like or, or, or there's another one that i that it's just unrealistic. In fact, when I was preaching, I had to put her underneath Mark. You know, It's like ridiculous. The stuff we're pushing and advertising, and these are for teenage girls. The 2018 Dating Dictionary, Your New Beauty Vibe. It just goes on and on. It keeps pushing and pressing. The things that are not realistic press into our culture. There is a young girl named Brandy she was 17 when this took place. She was a student in Texas high school, and everybody told her that you're, you're fat, you're ugly, you're not good looking, nobody wants to date you, you're not enough. She felt devalued and humiliated, and it pressed on her, and cyberbullying, which we're going to talk about next week even a little bit within our digital devices, and that, that people, these students were making fake accounts, social media accounts, and they would come and they would attack her and they would send derogatory messages. And, and it's like, it's insane. And she finally got to the point where she couldn't escape the pain and the hurt and she took her life. And I stop and I think, how, is this, how have we ended up here as a culture, as a generation, where people are so concerned that they've equivocated their identity, who they are, the very best of them, with how they look, This body image thing is a big deal, and it's destroying our generation. It's destroying our culture. It's destroyed some of you in here, some of us. As we press on today, I'm going to invite the ushers to come forward to take the offering of this time. And I want to tell you something. that Some of you in here, you give generously, and I thank you for that. You make possible what we're really, our heartbeat is trying to become a family on mission, a community that's not perfect, that's broken, that's busted, I get it, but striving for something better that God's inviting us to and calling us to. And uh, Even if some of you give, just so you know what you're giving to, you're not giving just in the programs, but people. I even think of this young woman that had, took her life, that I stopped and I even think about that, that it's like, gosh, that we have incredible, you guys can go ahead and take that, yeah, that you guys, uh, go ahead and take the offering now. Uh, that when you give into this, that it's like, gosh, when you give, you're giving into students' lives. You're giving into our K kids ministry. You're giving into lives where we can speak life into them. That we can speak something different. That you're not what just you see look like. That like that's not who you really are. In fact, C.S. Lewis to get us pressed into our heart today says this. It's an adaptation of a quote. He says, "You are not a body." You are not a body. He says, You have a body. You have a body. But he says this declaratively: you are a soul. He says, There's something so much greater of who you are. He says your real identity, it doesn't, it's not skin deep. It's that's not, not who it is. Your identity is eternal, it has a soul, it has purpose, it has meaning. There was a creator that created it. He's, he's saying this is, you are not a body. You have a body. You are, why don't you say that with me? You are a what? Soul. Today, I hope that we can remind ourselves that we are not just a body. We're not just what people think of us. We're not just like our, our, our size, our measurements, our clothing, our appearance. Like that's not it. It's more. David gets into this. Today, and he's going to kind of, we're going to journey with this guy named David. Some of you know him well. Scripture, some of you may not know him. He's great because he's human like us. He is loved. He is lost. He has felt pain, excruciating pain and depression. He has felt great joy and happiness. He has felt and experienced things that we all have felt and gone through. And today he's getting at this core thing He's saying all the external things, whether like week one, we talked about approval. Week two, substance abuse. What about like even today, week three, with body image and fitting in and being enough and looking pretty enough and being, having, finding value in this. And, and David's saying it's deeper. Your identity, you're not a body. You're a soul. It's deeper. And listen to what he says. Psalm 42, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. David's like, listen, it's deep. It's in your soul. Your identity, it doesn't, it's not in others' approval. It's not in what others think. It's not in your body. It's not in your measurements. It's not in your look. It's not in your hair. It's not in your wealth. It's in none of those things. He said it's right at the heart of it, in your soul. That's where you're looking for satisfaction. When you find yourself distressed and oppressed, moms, when you're like, am I a good enough mom? Am I and I'm comparing on Facebook. Are you come on, right? Guys, when you're at work, and are you strong enough? Are you manly? Enough, all this—it's like this is garbage. It's garbage. David's like it's at the soul, the heart of it. And so today, we just—we want to walk through this journey and say we're looking for satisfaction honestly in all the wrong places. We're looking in it, in what you think of me, and it, it doesn't matter. Not that I don't like you, but it doesn't matter what you think of me doesn't matter, right? Some of you are sitting in here and you've got to look a certain way and and maybe you went through your closet and went through 18 different outfits this morning and I'm telling you, God doesn't look at that. David's going past it, but nonetheless, we're going to walk through and look at these things where we look for satisfaction, where we're really looking for our identity. Number one, body satisfaction, kind of what we're talking about today, body image. Here's what's kind of interesting about this. That you were made with care. You really, your body is like a gift from the creator. Look what the psalmist says, David again. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to understand it's speaking to you. It's speaking to me. It's speaking to humanity. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Your body is a gift from God. And some of you may sit here and you're thinking, can I regift it? <laughs> Is this like a gift exchange program that God set up uh, that can do? You do. When you think of fearfully and wonderfully made, you may feel like our character did. And you may feel fearful when you look in the mirror. You may feel annoyed. You may feel mad. I know this happens. There are people that, honestly, stand in front of the mirror, and they're upset with themselves. And they say, I hate you. You're ugly. And you're, and you're like, who are you talking? And they're talking to themselves. Maybe you've been there, and again, you wouldn't admit this let me define the body further. Paul, the apostle Paul, Saint Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament in the Bible, says this profound thing. He says, do you not know that your bodies, your bodies, right, are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? He's saying your body is like a vessel. It's on loan. It's just, it's this thing that it's, it's not, it's the carrier of what's great. It's not the body that's great. I mean, it's, great to have a body and we get around but it's it's not the thing that brings you true satisfaction it's what's inside of it your soul like C.S. lewis was saying you're not a body you have a body you're not a body you got a body you're a soul your identity who you really are in the very depths of it right that's what he's getting at here i I just stop and think about this whole body image thing is it's it's a problem because body image is really needs to be the soul image thing and we pursue Pleasure with our bodies, from self-gratification we pursue, self-infliction pain. Some of us are sitting here and we hurt, and we have we we have we have cut ourselves, we have hurt ourselves, we have we want to hurt ourselves, we because we're looking for the soul satisfaction. Even today, self-image, what we're talking about, is a big deal. I remember, like seriously, growing up. For me, I'm six foot two, 260 pounds now, and I, I was six foot two in the sixth grade, but closer to like 150 pounds, and all my buddies called me a tootsie pop. Because I was skinny with a big head. I mean, it literally just taken me like 15 years to grow into my head. I'm not kidding. My head was this big in sixth grade. And my buddies would always remind me, your head's huge. You know, I'm like, thanks. And I, I just, a couple, really like probably a couple months ago, when I, I, I ripped my Achilles tendon up at uh, Man Up, which is really man down for me, and uh, playing football, you know. And uh, I'm, I'm still a great thing to go to, guys. People are like, "What's saying that. You're going to scare people away. It's, it's an incredible thing. You may rip your Achilles tendon, but it's worth it. It's worth the memories. I'm kidding. It's great. But I was sitting there with the surgeon, Dr. Nalamathu over at McLaren, who's incredible. In fact, I see you guys. Yeah, I, I've seen you there because you're getting work done on your knee. I don't know if you want anyone to know that. But anyhow, but you're, I, know, I, I know you're incredible, so I know you're okay with that. I hope. so. Uh, but we're there, and, and he told me, he said, you really need to think about losing some weight. He said, "After get the surgery, and I'm and it, like, I know it sounds crazy, because I, I try to work out and try to do that, but it triggered all the way back. I remember when I I started going to University of Michigan, Flint, and my uh, buddies had gone to different, there we go, man, I, got, I always got a true blue fan here, uh, and uh, I, I just, I I, w- I was there working out at this gym at Powerhouse. I got a job there. And I started working out with these guys. And we got into bodybuilding. And for two to three years, man, that was it. We did, did bodybuilding shows. It was all about building your body. It was all about doing that. And I put a lot of my identity in there. And got attention from that. And it was super destructive for me. Super crippling for me. It really was. And it triggered. When he said that, it triggered that. I'm like, man, maybe I need to lose. Maybe I need to do this. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't need to go here again. And I remember a good friend of mine. Adam Tupa, Adam was awesome. Adam, everybody loved Adam. He was handsome. He was strong. He was great. He's incredible. And, and, and Adam had everything you, you could possibly want. He had a great body. He was powerful, strong, athlete, sports. And I remember going into the gym one day and they said, did you hear what happened to Adam? He took his life. I'm like, how? Why? Why would, why would he have done that? Why, why did that happen? Because he was looking for satisfaction in the wrong places. He really was. And see, our identity of just talking to a friend in between services, this will stop you. This will prohibit you from living the life that God's invited you to live, that he's called you to live because you're fearful in your own skin. And that's the crazy thing about the body. It's like with approval, you can try to get away from people, right? And, and sometimes when, with the substance thing, it can come and go, but with your body, it's like everywhere you go, there it is, Right? And it's like, how do we do this? And I, I know for me, I was just thinking my good friend Jay Steinman, who you're going to hear from in a few weeks, we've been talking about this because you led me through my step study, through my approval addiction and through all this stuff. And it's a, it's a struggle, isn't it? It's real. And, and even I, I remember getting a life token at Celebrate Recovery for that, which is awesome, where we really traded in the thing we were struggling with for kind of this symbolic new, new opportunity, like really recognizing our new identity, who we are in Jesus this is a big deal. We're going to be running classes on this over the next three weeks and starting next week with Sue Anderson. She's going to come here and lead people through listening prayer. Some of you have done that. Some of you never have. It's incredible to really identify who you really are in Jesus, not in your body and others. This next one that we kind of dive into is food satisfaction. See, because it's not just the body we're looking for image for, but it kind of transfers right into the food. Uh, how many how many of you love restaurants? What's your favorite restaurant? Yell some out to me. What? Do you, what? Mr. B's, I love it. Woodshop, you got to cup. Hey, you're limited to three.
3: <laughs>
1: I, Mr. B's, Woodshop. Okay, what else do we got? Honcho. A lot of these. Mine, and my, my wife always tells me to grow up, my favorite restaurant, she's going to cringe and she goes, Taco Bell. <laughs> I, I, I know, I'm a kid. Look at, we got some people that are like, look at, I wait a minute, you? I can't imagine she's look like a Taco Bell lover, but you never know. You never spot them in a the crowd. It's like, this food addiction. I remember we were at Disney World, right? And uh, we were there and it was a hot day. We were there with our family and it was awesome. And my father-in-law loves Golden Corral and they had one that was near uh, the Orlando Disney World. And so we decided to leave and we go to Golden Corral. and it's like buffet, all you can eat. We're eating mashed potatoes, and macaroni and cheese and ribs and pudding and you name it, we're eating it and stuff. Then we all walked back out to the car and we're like, oh my gosh, it's 89 degrees. <laughs> we, gotta, we couldn't even make it back to Disney. We had to go to the hotel and like, chill out. I know it. It was like heartbreaking for the kids. We overdid it on this food thing. And it's like, in scripture, it's so interesting because we're, we really do look for satisfaction in food, don't we? We really do. I mean, I even thought about, I brought this box of donuts up here. It's pretty incredible. And it's like, look at these donuts from Pete's oven. Look at this thing. I know this looks good, doesn't it? It's so good. i got to give these to somebody later. I don't, you know, but, but this is so good. Even the cream-filled ones and this chocolate donut. Sprinkles. Look at those sprinkles. And it's so good. And there's just like this addiction to food. And it's interesting. Scripture says this, that we eat often for satisfaction. Isaiah says, in the face of danger and pain, eat, drink, and be what? What's this phrase? Merry. And we do this. In Corinthians, Paul says, if there's no God, then go ahead. Eat, drink, and be married. He says, if you've given up hope, have you ever eaten because you're stressed, right? You eat, right? Because you're stressed. And it's like a lot of us do that. Some of us, when we feel hopeless or we doubt or we're depressed, what do we do? We eat. Luke says, when we have everything we need, there's a story of a rich man. He had everything he possibly could want, everything in the world, and it wasn't enough. And he turned to food for satisfaction. He says, let us eat, drink, and be merry. It goes on. Finally, Solomon sheds light on this and he says, it's good to eat, drink, and be merry as long as long as god 's at the center of this, because you 're not going to find satisfaction in the temporary, and that 's crazy about our body. our body 's fading away, our body's deteriorating it 's going to retire one day it 's from dust it comes, dust it returns. So why do we look for satisfaction? Food looks amazing, but it 'll rot, it 'll mold, it 'll disintegrate, it 'll go away, and our identity is screaming out from our soul. Saying there's got to be more here. So many, do you know that 80 plus million Americans struggle with food addictions? It's in the search for satisfaction. It's the soul crying out saying I need more. I need to know my identity. I need to know my value. I need to know my place in this world. And we look for temporary satisfaction. Just think of this. Anorexia, the willful starvation and excessive exercise in pursuit of perfect thinness. All in a hope that if weight can, can be controlled, then other things in their life would be controlled too bulimia, uncontrollable eating followed by purging, vomiting, laxatives, or other methods, physically in an attempt to purge unacceptable feelings such as anger, loneliness, and depression, from our body image and from food and from this temporary satisfaction we 're trying to satisfy the soul and God is crying out david's saying it 's a soul issue. It's a soul issue. It's your identity. Like C.S. Lewis said, you're not a body. You're not a body. It seems like we are, but we're not. You have a body. It's a vessel. You're a soul. Inside of it, you're a soul. And that's what's screaming out. And I'm telling you, as I had this conversation with my friend, it hit me. It's like it's stopping you. It's prohibiting you from living the dream that God has for you. And when I look to you right now, and you look to me, we should desire as a family and mission that we live every ounce of this life of what God's inviting us to. And if this is stopping us, if this body image, if this food set, if this, if this is stopping us, shouldn't we try to figure out how do we satisfy the soul? We were watching This Is Us. Have you ever watched This Is Us? Isn't it the best show in the world. <laughs> and we love Kate, Marina. We, just, we love all the characters, but we were watching and they've been profiling the characters and we watched Kate and Kate struggles with obesity, obviously, right? And she met this unlikely friend, Madison, who struggles with bulimia, and they're in this food group, and it's, you know, just talking about their addictions, and And, and Madison shares, and she's this skinny little person, she says, I feel like my wrists are getting fat, and, and, and it's great, because Kate's like, oh, you know, like, but they go wedding dress, wedding dress shopping, and it's, they're, they're there, and they're kind of together, and they're trying to dress shop, and, and, and Kate is flashing back this whole time to when she was little, and she was trying on a dress in the store with her mom. And as and it, it, it got to the end of these flashbacks, I'm like, oh my gosh, she actually lost the weight that she wanted to lose to fit in the size dress that she wanted to fit in. And she sat there and she looked and it fit and it was awesome. It was great and it wasn't enough. And she put the dress back on and she lies to her mom and she says, it doesn't fit, let's go on. There's this tension. And she tells Madison, she said, in that moment, these, these voices in my mind that kept saying, you're fat, you're ugly, you're no good, you're devalued, you don't mean anything. She said, I couldn't separate myself from these voices. Even though she even accomplished, she achieved, right? She met her weight goal, she did this, and it wasn't enough. There's was something in her soul that was crying out and was filled with these voices and in the year You have these voices you've walked in here with, that you're no good, that you're not good enough, they just, it's like, you have no value. It's like, it's, it's defining you. And it's stopping you from living this life that God's calling you to. And David's crying out, which gets us back to this final thing, which is soul satisfaction. You can't find satisfaction in the body. You can't find it in food. You can only find it in the soul. That's where our identity lies. And watch what David says. I want to reread through these. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go meet with God? He says, my tears have been my food day and night. While people say, where's your God? David's like, come on, God. He's like, if you, can, if you can satisfy my soul, man, then things could change. And look what he says. He gives us two thoughts that I want you to take away today. As we've journeyed today together, knowing that you're right. It's not the body. It's not the food. It's none of that. It's my identities and my soul, my eternal being who God's called me. David says in verse 4, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty God with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. It's amazing. There's a theologian, Thomas Brooks, who says the very soul of prayer lies in pouring out the soul. It's literally taking the things our culture of mercy with, trying to fit in with certain body types and and certain expectations and all this kind of stuff. It's like throw it out, like pour it out, saying you're not good enough. Yes, you are. David's like, get rid of those thoughts. Pour them out before God. Here's what's great about God is because, I'm telling you, it's not about religion with God. It's about a relationship. He's okay for you to come with your brokenness to him. He's okay to say, get it out. Throw it out. I'm here for you. Bring it on me. I can handle it, right? If he's the God of the universe, full of love, then it should be no problem for him to do this. David's like, i got to pour out my soul, but then he says this. He says, I have to put hope Back in my soul. I have to put hope in my soul and I pour out the toxic junk that has been going in our minds and our hearts. I'm telling you, right? Ladies, I feel for you in our culture, this being immersed in a culture that says you're not enough. You need to look this way. It's garbage. It's a lie. Fellas, that we gotta look this way and look that way and right? I mean, this is no good. This is wrong. David's saying, it's what you put back in your soul. He says, why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. Listen, this. put your hope in God. This is where you find your identity. I'm telling you what, seriously, next three weekends, man, if you don't even want to come in here, go to the class. We're going to do the listening prayer about finding your identity in Jesus. Because if your life is stuck, it's in neutral, maybe it's going in reverse I'm telling you, when you begin to know who you are in the living God, a God who says, "I love you," that you are enough. That when you say, "Am I enough?" God says, "You're enough. You're more than enough. I created you. I believe in you. I designed plans for you. I dream for you. I hope for you." Right? This is the God that David's crying to. How do I do that? And Jesus answers this for us. It's so amazing. He says this in John six. He's talking to a crowd that's looking for hope. That's looking for purpose. He says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. And they asked, well, how do I do that? He says, don't don't look for the stuff that spoils. Look for what actually keeps going. And as we get ready to step into communion, we're going to try to experience this together as a community. Jesus answers and says, then they asked him, what must we do the works that God requires. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe on the one who has sent. He says this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He says this craving that you have, this thirst that we have, it's never going to end until you feed yourself with me. See, it's amazing is that we looked at things like this Satisfaction, we look for body image for satisfaction. We look to these things for deep satisfaction. And it's really interesting that the fall of man it started with what? An apple. And Jesus is saying if you put something good in your life, if you feed on me, it'll make all the difference in the world. Have you ever thought about when you put nutrition in your body like this? Makes you want to have a bite in an apple, doesn't it? I know it goes into me. It feeds into my body. My body absorbs it. it. It makes my fingernails grow, my hair grow, my skin get healthier, but it's temporary. I have to do it again. Jesus says, when you feed on me, he says, I'll give you life eternal. Your identity, your soul that's been crying out, cannot be found in others' approval. It cannot be found in body image. It cannot be found in what you look like, what you dress like. How much money you have, it cannot be found in the addictive world of food addictions. Like Mark talked about last week, substance addictions, it can be only found in Jesus Christ. In fact, can I see one of those? And what you're about to be served, there's going to be two cups. There's two cups that represent this blood in this body. And as you guys get ready to lead us through, there's a song called I Am No Victim. The song is saying that I don't have to be a victim. That I can actually choose to be a victor. That I can quit feeding on others' approval. Feeding on the, what the world says I have to be. Feeding on all these things. I can actually feed on Jesus Christ. And doing communion, taking communion, it's an outward expression as a community that we say that when we take God inside, he feeds our soul. He speaks life into us. He tells us who we really are. He gives us real value. Jesus does that. And So as you listen to this song, I just want to pray for you and then they're going to serve you. Hold on to that, and after the song, we'll take this together. But let me pray. God, I pray as we get ready as a community to take a representation of your body and your blood, that God, you put your body up in place on a cross that that we might find satisfaction in our own body. We might have contentment, that you shed your blood, that we might be part of your family, that if we would believe in you, Jesus, by faith through your beautiful grace that you have given us, that we can we can find our true identity and who you are. Jesus, I pray today that, as a song is sung, that we don't have to be victims of what the world tells us we need to be, that we should be victors in who you say we are. Jesus, penetrate our hearts with that thought in your name. Amen. We will take communion after the song.
4: king I have a home. He's not just reviving, not simply restoring. Greater things have yet to come. Greater things have yet to come. He is my Father. of
1: do not determine our value. The different addictive things we've talked about, the cravings, don't call out our design. I'm telling you, in this place, when we feed on Jesus, our true identity is revealed. Some of us you your mom's in this place and you feel not enough and not good enough. You're incredible. There could be no greater mom design for your children than you. Some students that are in here right now you're incredible. You're going to carry our next generation to great places. You really are. God designed you with power and purpose and intentionality. Fellas, God's called you to be great men in this world, and it is not determined on the outside. It's what He speaks and He created on the inside. You hear me? And so this represents a spiritual act of faith. We're saying as we take communion, what you did for us your body that you broke so I could have satisfaction contentment of my own body the blood that you shed on a cross that I might be able to be family with you God to know my true identity that I'm loved and cared for because of what you did for me And so let us take this together his body that he sacrificed for us his blood that he shed on a cross to make you family by faith through grace in him Jesus, thank you for resurrecting broken dreams in this place. I've seen you do it, and you continue to do it. God, our prayer as we get ready to respond. God, that you can resurrect anything. You can resurrect the dead. You can resurrect brokenness and turn it into a beautiful mosaic, our life. God, I pray that our hearts might be that we believe in you, Jesus Christ. It's in you and through you that all things exist, Jesus, nothing else You speak life, you speak identity, you speak love into our life. May you bless in your name, Jesus, as we respond in this next song.
0: head that once was crowned with thorns is crowned with glory now. The Savior now to wash our feet, now at his feet we One who wore out sin and shame, now robed in majesty, the radiance of perfect love, now shines on all to see. If you know it, sing it out. Cause your name, your name is victory in all praise we'll rise to christ our king your name your name is victory in all praise we'll rise to christ our king now gives way to Him who is our peace. His final breath upon the cross is now alive. of defeat. The resurrecting King is resurrecting me. In Your name I come alive to declare Your victory. The resurrecting King is resurrecting me. By Your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat resurrected king is resurrecting me in your name i come alive to declare your victory borrowed for three days his body there would not remain our God has robbed the
1: Seriously, man, I, we love you. Thanks for leading us like that. That was incredible, you guys. Zoe, our next generation, our student ministry leading us up here. Powerful, man. I love that God is alive. He's at work. And in this place, I'm pretty convinced he's growing a family on mission around here. We're imperfect. We're broken. We're, we're a bunch of people, man, I tell you. But God is inviting us to something great. And I just tell you, the next couple of weeks, those identity classes... Get into it because if something's stopping you from what an invitation could be from the living God saying, let's go do something incredible, let's do something great. I'm telling you right now, get plugged in. When you begin to discover your identity in Jesus Christ, you quit worrying with the word.